What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. We're finally in the playoffs. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jake. Like I just said, we're finally in the playoffs. Um, actually, we're recording this. What is it? Three hours before the tip of the first playoff game of game one between the Heat and Bucks. Um, so we'll get this out to you as soon as possible. We kind of wait until the last minute so that way the playoff bracket's set. Uh, we're going to go through every series today, pick all the games. Um, we'll make a post and put it up on our Instagram account with our picks and stuff. If, um, so that way you can also see our picks as well as hear our picks, and we'll go into detail with every series. But first, I do want to start off with the playing games, um, as that's what our last podcast was about. And I know, Jake, you really wanted to talk about it. Um, basically, I mean, in the East, and I'll r- real quick recap, in the East, seven and eight seats stayed the same uh, as Boston stayed in the seventh seed, Washington stayed in the eighth seed. West, though, things got a little uh, changed up a little bit. Lakers stayed seven, and then the Grizzlies moved up from nine to eight. So they're in the playoffs and will take on the Jazz in the first round after they beat Golden State last night uh, in a real thrilling game. Golden State had two real thrilling games. Um, And we'll quickly get into this before getting into the series, but I'll ask you this, Jake, to start off. um, Was the plan a success in your eyes? I think it ultimately was. Um, I do have two things to say as far as two downsides for the future of this playing tournament. Um, and I'll get those two out of the way right now before I, you know, go on sort of a, uh, a tangent or not, not a tangent. I know we have stuff to do, but um, I think as far as like, I don't know if you're going to ever have like a team like the Lakers, um, in the playing tournament again. So I'm not sure how much of this playing tournament was just the type of season we had. So that's something to look at um, as far as um, future ideas. And then also I do have to agree with people that side with the fact that you may have nine or 10 seeds that are, that distance themselves in terms of in a bad way uh, in terms of the regular season with their records. So I think that, there's two things you have to look at as far as like the, the one game thing where it's like one or two games and your season's over. Um, I might've said that I don't really agree with that, but my God, I mean, the games that we saw like Lakers warriors was the game of the year followed by another game of the year uh, in the, in the Grizzlies warriors. We had some like some games where like guys were competing. It's not like, and again, there's seasons on the line, so you would think that would happen. And I think that's what the NBA was going for. Um, you even had questionable calls down the stretch, which you could see Adam Silver maybe calling in to the refs saying, look, guys, you know, don't mess this one up because you wanted Curry in. Uh, and they ended up just getting LeBron in. But, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this plan overall was a success. Um, I think that if you look at the games that we had and, um, you know, Curry and LeBron was an epic duel. The shot that LeBron hit, I didn't think he was going to hit it because he looked pretty much flat-footed the whole entire game. You had John Moran and the Grizzlies, which are going to be a – again, it's it's sad that they're going up against the Utah Jazz, which have the be- best record in the league. But, you know, again, I think that 
they're going to be an underdog, no doubt. Um, and I think that this allows Memphis to be put on the map in some way, shape, or form. So uh, congrats to both those teams. I think the Western Conference playing was a greater success than the Eastern Conference playing. Uh, both games, as far as the first-round matchups, and then, and then the, the Wizards game, too, uh, against uh, the Pacers were, were both flops. Uh, the only upside in, in the Eastern Conference play, planes were, was uh, Jason Tatum's 50, which I did call um, previously in, in, in our episode before. But, um, yeah, that's just my thoughts on the plane. But all in all, we had some all-time performances, I think, um, from, uh, you know, from, from these teams in, in these playing games. And that's a lot considering, you know, you have an idea that was just uh, – that just transpired last uh, – you know, in the bubble. So I think it's a good idea moving forward. And, and uh, you know, kudos to the NBA for whoever uh, thought of that for, for bringing it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see them, I see them um, keeping the plan. And I think for different reasons, I think the views were insane. I know that Lakers-Warriors game had 6 million views or some, you know, like in terms of people watching, which is, I mean, just in uh Really, really good numbers for the NBA, especially considering how the finals turned out last year with uh, TV watchers and stuff like that. Um, but I guess I liked it. I, like you said, I mean, the West was was really compelling. Both games that the Warriors were in were really compelling games. I watched both. The East, there wasn't really, you know, it was just kind of whatever. And I'm, I, I think every year, the East, it's just, if they continue this plan, the 7 and 8 are always going to just stay the same. Maybe the seven and eight themselves flip flop, but the nine and ten, I think um, they're not close enough that in terms of skill level to that because the East is just it's very top heavy, and even the seven eight are not normally as good as I mean, there's a reason, but as you know, the top four or five seeds. Um, but out West, I think every year you're always going to have that nine ten seed who in the East they would maybe be a six or seven seed. You, you, you get what I'm saying? So. Um, I guess yeah, like I said, I guess I liked it, uh, and I, I think it'll definitely be back next year. I think maybe there's some tweaks. I don't know what that they'll make to it, um, and it, whoever's always going to be at it is not going to like it. You know, we heard from LeBron, we heard from different teams. You know, saying hey, we we don't really like the playing idea, but guess what? It's part of the game now. Um, it adds a couple extra games of excitement. I know that. You know, some people, the criticism is, is you play the whole season just for one game and you have one bad game and all of a sudden your season is over. Well, you know, in other sports, it's like that too. You look in football, one game playoffs, uh, what else? Even baseball, you know, you have the wild cards, you know, um, series, which is one game, winner take all. Um, so it kind of brings that type of element. And I think um, that, I think the NBA looks at out west and is like we would rather had Steph and LeBron in the playoffs, but obviously John Moran and the Grizzlies, kudos to them. I mean, they just had two um, really tough games, obviously blowing the lead in their first game to the Spurs and then still winning that game. And then last night they were up, I, th- I was watching the game, I was flipping back and forth between that and a baseball game. Um, and they were up 10 with like three minutes left and Warriors came all the way back. Warriors even had a shot to win it with the last shot in the game. Draymond Green missed it. And then overtime, they just kind of uh, took over the game uh, in the last couple minutes. 
so kudos to them. We'll get into the Grizzlies. We'll get into Lakers, uh, Wizards, and Celtics um, in a little bit. Well, actually, the Wizards we'll start off with now. Uh, so we'll just go down the line and order the bracket for each playoff series. Like I just said, we'll start off with Sixers and Wizards 1-8 matchup in the East. Um, I think we both have the same prediction as to who's going to win the series. Um I think just in different games that we feel what, and I'll ask you this to make it interesting. What do the wizards have to do to make this series competitive? I think, I mean, again, I, it goes back to kind of what I was talking about when we were making the play and predictions. Uh, they're the best. Um, they're the best in transition team. Uh, the Grizzlies also are in that, are in that category. Um, or not, not in transition, but more of which it has to play in part of, of it. But um, in terms of pace, they're the best team in the league. So I think ultimately pushing the ball um, is something that uh, they definitely have to do a lot in this series. Uh, Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are arguably um, in – I mean, even you could see it from their stretch before um, in, the, uh, in the regular season. And then they had that anomaly game against the Celtics, which Russell Westbrook was virtually non-existent, even though, I mean, the guy, had, the, the guy still had a bunch of rebounds. Um, but, but as far as a, a shooting and offensive uh, standpoint, he didn't, he didn't really have the game that you wanted him to. Um, and you're talking about a guy that's, been to the playoffs he's also been bounced out of the first round a lot in recent years but this is a guy that shows up every night and you have a playing game in which he doesn't really show up so I'm expecting them to come out with a sense of urgency um I'm expecting the Sixers to win in six but it's they're gonna win in six I think because because of a guy like Russell Westbrook I think I think he brings so much to uh, a Wizards team that yeah I mean doesn't really have too much experience, but we're forgetting that they have a guy like Russell Westbrook. They have an organization that outside of the injury-prone years uh, you had with John Wall were, was in the playoffs before that in the early to mid uh, or more like the mid uh, 2010s, but um, you had a team that was still kind of in the mix for the playoffs before John Wall got hurt. So you have a guy in Bradley Beal that's been there. You have Russell Westbrook. Um, you have Robin Lopez, who has played good minutes for them recently. Um, and for me, it, it comes down to, as well, I think, how much does Scott Brooks trust Daniel Gafford? Because I, I think that's going to be the guy you rely on the most to defend Embiid. Um, he's undersized. Um, but at the same time, he's able to play the pick and roll. He's able to play. Uh, we saw what he could do in, in transition um, against uh, against the Pacers. I think he had like five blocks. Now, again, some of those didn't come in transition. Some of those were just um, pick and roll or, uh, or, you know, picking up at the top of the key. And, and um, I think he had one on Malcolm Brogdon in which he drove past him and was able to recover and, and block, block his shot. 
But um, ultimately, I think it comes down to that front court. Um, what is Scott Brooks? Again, I, I, I'm not really a big fan of what he does uh, as far as I can remember what he's done in the, in the playoffs, um, especially what he, when he was with the Thunder. Um, so I think it does come down to coaching because you have a guy in Doc Rivers that has been there before. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm not going to say that they make the finals, um, but which, which is a foreshadow for another prediction, but um, I do think that they made the proper moves in terms of championship winning basketball in which they got two guys that were just in, in a championship and won the chip in Dwight Howard and, and Danny Green. And they also brought a championship-winning head coach that knows what to do in these types of situations in Doc Rivers. It all comes down, though, to Embiid, I think, because the guy is an MVP candidate. He would have been – he would have gave Jokic a really big run for his money if he wouldn't have gotten hurt. Um, and that's not up to him, of course. That's just the fate of the game. But, again, I, I do think that – it depends on who Scott Brooks throws at him, um, but I do think that I don't think Daniel Gafford has the necessary experience, the necessary, um, you know, just the, the defensive uh, type skills and, and being undersized really hurts him. So, I, yeah, I do think that, um, that the Sixers take this series, though. Yeah, I don't really have as long of an explanation as you do. I mean, I just think, obviously, Sixers are a better team. There's a reason one seed, one team is a one seed, one team is an eight seed. I have Sixers in five. I think um, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Obviously, Bradley Beal not being 100%. Um, I, I think that's also a reason I have it in five. Um, maybe I would have Sixers in six if uh, Bradley Beal was more, as, was, uh, more, bet, more healthy. Yeah, that's um, a good one. I think that... Russell Westbrook will have one, you know, he'll have a triple-double probably in every game, but he'll have one game where it's just, like, he'll take over the game. Um, and I think maybe one game where uh, the Sixers, they just don't sh show up. Maybe it's game three or four uh, that, you know, it's just bound that the Wizards will get a home win. Um, and it'll just be a gentleman's sweep. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the, the Wizards have any answer for Embiid. Um, the shooting on the Sixers has been greatly improved. Obviously, they have Seth Curry. Um, Tobias Harris, I think, is someone... For the Sixers, I really just want to see how they play in this first series in a playoff time atmosphere. Obviously, years past, they haven't been able to come through. Now, Doc Rivers, um, an experienced head coach, uh, how he leads this team into the playoffs. And I just want to see in a whole... I mean, for them, it's kind of just a, a, a warm-up round for their next series, which should either be versus the... Uh, Knicks and the Hawks, which we're going to get into now. Um, so just to recap, you're going Sixers and six. I'm going to go Sixers and five. Let's get into this next series. Like I just said, Knicks and Hawks, um, probably the most even series in terms of pick them um, that there is in this first round. Um, two teams that I don't think we expected to be where they are right now. Obviously, the Knicks have shocked the world, and they're a four seed. They're going to have game one of the playoffs in Madison Square Garden, which I think is just great for the NBA because Madison Square Garden is such a special place. Um, and then the Hawks, who, I mean, just, what was it, three months ago were looking at another lottery uh, season, and they fired their coach, uh, brought in Nate McMillan, who's still on an interim basis. I don't know what they're waiting for to name him as the full-time head coach. Because he's just, I think they're 27 and 10 since he's taken over. 
climbed all the way to the five seed uh, division champions. Um, where do you see this series? Who, who do you have in this series? And then what is the difference maker in this series? And why, in terms of why did you pick that team? Yeah, I think I'm looking at um, because it, it's interesting because these are two teams that um, are skilled at two different things. Um, and I'm referring to both sides of the ball. So uh, the Hawks rank, I believe, eighth uh, in the league in terms of offensive rating. Uh, Knicks are one of the top defenses, if not the top defense in the league. Um, and they've been that throughout the whole entire season under Tom Thibodeau. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be an, uh, a series that comes down to the wire. I don't think that I'm going to give any team some type of leverage. I will say this. Um, I think Trey Young uh, in his first playoff game or his first playoff series, I should say, um, needs to be big. I think that uh, you have uh, – I, I, I do think that him and D. Rose are going to go back and forth um, just because – D. Rose has been in these types of situations. I think um, he's going to be prepared to uh, give the Hawks trouble. One guy that I do think is going to give the Hawks a lot of trouble, and I think that the Hawks need to game plan appropriately, Nate McMillan and crew, uh, is Julius Randle. He's, I mean, the past two games, he's averaged, I mean, well, I'll just read off the stats. 40-11-6 was the past matchup. That was about... What is that now a month ago? Um, then he has 44, nine and five. That was in February. And then in January, uh, these are all of this year. He had 28, 17 and nine. So 17 was his highest rebounding, rebounding game. Nine was his highest assist uh, game. So even if he wasn't scoring as much, he had two 40 point games and then a 28 point game in which, I mean, he dominated in other categories as well. And these are efficient games um, as we've uh, outside of uh, from three from the first game wasn't that good. He shot five and, and uh, didn't make any. But these are efficient games from the field, though. I mean, you're talking 57, 63, 52. Um, and I think that as far as like John Collins, I'm not sure if that's the guy you put on him if you're the Atlanta Hawks. Now, again, if you're looking for any substitute, I don't know who you go to, honestly. Um, you do have a guy in DeAndre Hunter, which I think will be huge for the Hawks. Uh, just in terms of um, his presence defensively, uh, I think with a Hawks team that ranks, uh, last time I checked, they were 21st. Um, so they're, they're in the 20s. Um, and I think that bringing a guy uh, back like DeAndre Hunter will be huge for them. Um, they've struggled, especially at the beginning of the season. I think you kind of alluded to that, Ryan. Um, as far as like, and I, I think it was due to like some injury. Um, but I do think that, um, look, bringing a guy like Lou Williams in at the trade deadline was huge for them. That'll, that'll kind of bring a spark to them with their offense. Um, and he's a guard, good guard to bring in off the bench. That's where he's been in his whole career in that spot. Um, and I just do think that it comes down to the wire. I do have the Knicks though, because I do believe that, uh, they have a chip on their shoulder like no one else in the league. I think that 
they'll come out and they'll be ready to win a playoff series uh, for New York City. And I think that, um, that that'll be great for, uh, for their market. Yeah. Um, th- th- like I said to, at, the, at the outset, um, this is a pick series. I mean, you can go either way. I'm looking here and in, in, in my notes, I mean, it's, it's interesting because one team is great defensively and then one team is great offensively. Um, Hawks have the eighth best offensive rating in the league. Um, and then the Knicks have the third best defensive rating in the league. And then the Knicks offensive rating is 23rd and the Hawks defensive rating is 21st. So to me, it's what team can take advantage of the other team's weakness in this series. Can the Hawks step up their defense? Um, or can the Knicks step up their offense? And to me, I mean, the, coming to, you know, come playoff time, defense is what wins you championships. I mean, it's been said for I don't know how long now. Um, not saying the Knicks are going to win a championship this year, but what I'm saying is, is in this series, come crunch time, uh, I think that that's the difference maker is that Knicks defense. Um, but something that does concern me is late in games, the Knicks tend to get away from ball movement, and it's just iso ball with Julius Randle. Um, from the games I've watched with the Knicks, especially late in the season, um, those their last three four games I was watching a lot. Obviously, being a Heat fan and doing you know watching the standings, um, they still won those games, but just the offense got very stagnant, and that's something that concerns me. Come playoff time, that they can't develop ball movement. You know, in the last two three minutes of a game, um, is something that needs to be looked out for. Um, something with the Hawks is just. Uh, they have nine nine players that average double di- double digits this season from Trey Young, Trey Young, John Collins, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, DeAndre Hunter, Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Herter, Cam Redditch, and then Lou Williams. Um, I think looking at the Lou Williams Derrick Rose matchup because both coming off the bench, obviously Derrick Rose plays um, about how many more minutes a night? I know he plays more minutes. He plays. About five to seven more minutes a night than Lou will, but still, those two coming off the bench for each team, um, basically both, you know, kind of six man roles. How will that fare? And um, how can they match up with uh, Julius Randle? Obviously, you're going to have probably John Collins on him. Um, and can they contain Julius Randle and stop him from getting those near triple, triple doubles? Because I think if you contain Julius Randle, um, if you're the Hawks, you have a very good shot at winning this series. I'm going to go Knicks in seven like you. I think game seven at Madison Square Garden will be electric uh, if it goes that far, which obviously both of us think it will. And I think just the crowd itself, um, I think they're going to have about 13,000 in there, or fi- thirteen to 15,000 in there. Uh, the place will be rocking, and, and I think the Knicks get it done um, with that. Let's move on now to the next series, which is... The Bucks and the Heat, a rematch of last year's second-round matchup, which the Heat took in five in the bubble. Um, the Heat shocked the world last year with that series. And um, the, the first game of the first game of the playoffs this year, just like I said, three hours away now. Where where do you see this series going, Jake? I, I think I know where you, where your head where you're gonna pick. I don't know if you're picking with your head or your heart. Um, what do the what do the Bucks have to do? mentally to prepare what have they had to do mentally to prepare for this series and i say that because Giannis the other day 
um, in his media session before the playoffs, he, he got asked a question. I don't know what the question was, but his answer basically was, I don't know if this team is different than past years. I don't know if we have what it takes. And to me, that's pretty concerning when your star player just doesn't, is not confident, I guess, uh, you know, compared to the other side where Jimmy Butler's like, we're, you know, I know we're going to win type stuff. And you even hear other stars and other teams like, Hey, you know, I know what we have, it, what it takes to win. There's no, you know, doubts here. Um, what did you make of Giannis's comments? And then who do you have winning the series? Yeah, well, I mean, as far as his comments, again, is it concerning? Yeah, but I would say that I wholeheartedly agree with him because from the top of the organization, sure, you got Drew Holiday in a trade, but outside of that, you lost depth. You have a coach in which got, uh, you know, has, has really not proven to be a championship-winning head coach uh, in which Eric Spolster decided to run circles around him in last year's playoffs. Uh, and then on top of that, you have a superstar that's acting like that and not confident um, and not really, just not really believing in his team. Um, I think it is concerning, but I mean, there are reasons to be to be skeptical, um, even if you're an NBA fan, because this Bucks team hasn't really proved uh, that much. And and you're going up against a team, ironically enough, that destroyed any type of hope. Uh, and we're talking five games, people, last season. So, I mean, it's not like it went seven. I think this series goes seven. I'm going to take the heat in seven. Um, just because I'm gonna I'm gonna use kind of last season um, because I do think they they have a game plan for Giannis out of any other team in the league, um, and I think that yes, Drew Holiday does add an extra element to the equation. Like I said, though, I think they did they um, they happen to lose depth in the process though, um, trading away uh, again. Was he good in the playoffs? No, but he, they traded away Eric Bledsoe. Uh, they had uh, George Hill, Wesley Matthews. These are guys that were key rotation pieces. Um, and I, I'm sure I'm missing a couple more, but these are guys that were key rotation pieces for the Bucks last season. Lost them. I'm sure they added uh, Jeff Teague, Portis, uh, Portis um, Bobby Portis. Um, guys like that to fill um, the slots in. But um, I think it'll be a close series, um, no doubt. Um, the Heat are going to have to show that uh, that they are a top defense. Um, the offense started kicking in, you know, down the stretch. Um, but I do think that Bam Adebayo is going to have a chip on his shoulder. Uh, just lost out on being top three in defensive player of the year, which I find kind of BS. Uh, even unbiasedly, I think a lot of people would agree with me. Um, but again, I think that uh, that it comes down to that, uh, to Bam Adebayo being aggressive, uh, comes down to Chris Middleton being that number two option. He's had a lot of plays uh, run through him, um, and I think it'll come down to the wire in a lot of these games. And Chris Middleton is going to have to show up. Um, he's been putting these situations all throughout the season, um, even dating back to last season. He does have a cushion with Drew Holiday being uh, the playmaker that he is, being able to take pressure off ball. 
Um, but I do think it comes down to throwing punches and who's able to to uh, to sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for to to kind of just take the bigger punch. Yeah, take the bigger punch, throw that punch back, and um, it's it's really I think going to be a super close series. So I'm going to take the Heat in seven, um, but would not be surprised if the Bucks take it. Yeah. Um, the, this series is, is really, really interesting for me um, because it's, I, I think coaching-wise, we know who advantage in coaching is, and, and that's uh, Eric Spolster. I'll say it. I, I have the Bucks in seven, as much as that pains me to say. But I, I think for co- this series, it, a lot will change in Milwaukee if if the if the Bucks cannot win this series and Drew Holiday just signed a long-term deal, obviously Giannis last summer, whatever it was last fall when the offseason was signed a long-term deal. So their players are locked in. I think for Coach Bootenholzer, this is a make-or-break type series for him. Um, last year, I think rotation-wise and not making adjustments in the series is what cost them. I know he would take Giannis out about around the six-minute mark in the fourth quarter for about a two-minute rest. Um, and that's when the Heat would go on their runs in the fourth quarter and kind of put the nail in the coffin in each game. I, I would think that he would learn from that from last year and have better rotations. Obviously drew drew holiday is the X factor um, in this series, having not been there last year and what he can do. Um, who's going to guard him. Uh, we'll probably, you'll probably have uh, Kendrick Nunn guarding him. Chris Middleton, how he can be a number two in this series. You know, I, you say I say number two. I think him and Drew Holiday are going to share that number two role um, because the Bucks. I mean, said it also. I, I was listening to their press conferences, each player, and they know what the Heat are going to come with at Giannis. They're going to build that wall uh, and make Giannis be a facilitator and make others make the shots, uh, which didn't happen last year. If they can make the shots, that's the different difference in this series. I also think, though, that with the Heat, you know what you're getting from Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler had a quote now, it was about three weeks ago, um, where he basically said, get, get me to the playoffs and I'll do the rest. You know, us as a team can get to the playoffs, but once we get there, I'll, I'll handle the rest. Um, I think he's, he even said the other day, he's like too locked in. That's how locked in he is. Bam Adebayo, I think, has a chip on his shoulder, being snubbed again. Um, from Defensive Player of the Year conversations. Obviously, I, I, if you listen to last episode, I had him picked as Defensive Player of the Year. He didn't even make it as a finalist. Um, and then for the Heat, it, I think it comes down, what can you get from Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero? Um, Kendrick Nunn's playing really, really good basketball coming into these playoffs. And then Goran Dragic. If Goran Dragic can be half the player he was in the bubble last year, or close to the player he was in, in that playoff-type Goran that we saw last year, the Heat have a really, really good shot at this series. Um, I think, like you said, it's going to be a heavyweight fight, um, and you know it's going to go the distance. Like I said, Bucks and seven, I'll go all fifteen rounds. You know, if we're talking heavyweight boxing terms, um, but I, I think in the end, the Bucks just maybe have too much, and also Game Seven on their home court. Um, I don't know how many fans they're having. I think I didn't. I should have checked that uh, the capacity, but I think that will help. I think they have a good amount of fans in the building. And just being on your home court, it's not like the bubble last year. Um, to go on to the next series um, is the Celtics and Nets. I think we both have the same 
a team winning this series just in different games. Does Boston have any shot or, you know, is there was the plan kind of a rejuvenation for Boston or is this kind of just they extended their season by four games or five games? No, they don't have any shot. I think it's over in four. I think the Nets sweep them, especially with um, just prior to this whole playing tournament and just before the regular season ended, um, Jalen Brown had surgery. So I I do think that if they had him, I would maybe give him a game just because of we knew he's always been a great defender, but the strides he's made offensively as well. Um, But strictly the defensive part you need because you got three guys on that Brooklyn team that, again, regardless of chemistry this, chemistry that, they're, they're three guys that have playoff experience that know what to do in these situations. And again, they don't need to really play off of each other that much because it's ISO ball, really. Um, and so, again, you need those one-on-one defenders. I think Marcus Smart's going to be a guy that's going to be huge for Boston, um, at least taking trying to take one of those guys out of the game. But outside of that, I mean, even if you look at – I mean, simply if you look at quantitative um, – easy math here I mean three beats two and so you have Kemba Walker which has really been up and down uh, a lot of a lot of the time I mean he's kind of been inconsistent you don't really know what you've been which what you're going to get out of him uh, you know what you were getting him against the Wizards the other night um, him and Tatum went off in the, th- in the third quarter and down the stretch but again I I don't I, I just don't think that Boston has enough um and again, I think a team that has a, a more well-rounded team, I think outside of Kemba, uh, Tatum, if you want to throw Smart in there as an offensive player as well, I guess you can. But outside of that, I, don't, I really don't think they have enough um, to c- compete with Brooklyn. Uh, I think Brooklyn will. Now, again, I think that Brooklyn's depth does concern me um, quite a little. So I think that. Again, they just need to torch Boston early. And I think, and again, I think that's what you want to do because it provides rest for you for these other games. And then sweeping them before, I think that needs to be done as well so that you can get prepared for, um, for what is it? I think it's, uh, oh, it's, it's either Bucks or Heat. So, yeah, you're going to need to be prepared for that next season, uh, series no matter what because one of those teams is going to give you uh, a good shot of, of upsetting you, which I, I don't think happens ultimately, but um, you're going need to need to be well-rested, and um, I think that uh, they're able to sweep them. Yeah, I have Nets in five. Um, I don't think it's a sweep. I think Jason Tatum can give you one game where he, he takes over and, you know, has a 40, 15-point game for the Celtics team. I don't think they have enough. Um, I've said it all season. I'm not a big believer in the Nets that they can win it all this year. But for them, I think this series will say a lot just in terms of how, you know, it'll be game one will just be the ninth time this season that, you know, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving have played together. And, you know, a lot of people all of a sudden, oh, chemistry is not real big deal. Well, to me, it kind of is because you even look at the Clippers last year, them falling apart. Um, you have a first-time head coach and Steve Nash. Obviously, you have experienced guys on the bench, Mike D'Antoni, some other guys. I forget who else, but particularly Mike D'Antoni. 
it's not like he has championship, you know, winning teams or he hasn't won a championship. Obviously, he's been laid into the playoffs, but hasn't been able to get it done with his when he was a head coach. Um, so that concerns me. So I think for this series, for the Nets, it's about getting right, um, getting that chemistry down, getting your rotations in check. Um, I think Nicholas Claxton um, has just been a, a really, really big uh, piece for that Nets team that people don't talk about defensively. And, you know, trying to shore up the defensive end, um, because to me, I think come that next round, no matter if you're facing the Heat or the Bucks in that next round, it's going to be a tough test and you're going to get punched in the mouth. So I think for this, for this first round, they just, they just need to make sure that they just need to fine tune stuff. And obviously normally it takes you 82 games to get a team together. Well, they'll probably, you know, the series will probably only go four or five. So they're going to have about four or five games to get things together before having their first big test of the season. Um, and yeah, I mean, and for Boston and Boston's wise, I mean, not having Jalen Brown, um, I think a lot could change in Boston. And obviously we'll get into that in off season, but I think a lot could change in Boston. And this could be the last time we see these group of guys, possibly even their head coach, Brad Stevens. Uh, and I think it's kind of the end of an era in Boston uh, in terms of just obviously Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown will be there probably, probably Kemba Walker. But besides that, a, a lot of unknowns in Boston. Um, so yeah, I have Nets in five. Uh, so you had Nets in four. I have Nets in five. That'll conclude the East portion of the bracket. Um, we'll, like Jake mentioned earlier, I think I forgot to mention, we'll do finals predictions, but we're not going to go round by round. Um, so we'll go now to the Western Conference. Um, like we mentioned earlier, the Grizzlies snagged the number eight seed. They'll take on the Utah Jazz in the first round. The Jazz um, have been without Donovan Mitchell now for a little while, but he's expected to be back. Um, I think Mike Conley too. Mike Conley too. My bad. Um, is the Jazz are really? I mean, excuse me. The Grizzlies are a really fun team to watch. Is this kind of just a learning experience for John Morant in his first playoff? And and you know the Jazz will kind of go over easy here, or do the Jazz really have something to be worried about with two guys coming back from injury? Um, obviously they still have Rudy Gobert, but not you know they're just trying to figure things out. And the Grizzlies can shock the world, or is this kind of just the Jazz will be able to handle this pretty easy and, and move on to the next round and play either the Mavs or the um, uh, Clippers? Yeah, I, I do think that um, this will be an easy series for the for the Jazz. Um, I would not sleep on the Memphis Grizzlies because, as they showed in the play and as they've shown really all season under the radar type of team. Uh, they've shown that, look, we have, we have dogs. I mean, there's no other way to put it. A bunch of second round picks. Uh, they've made deals to acquire um, guys that you wouldn't necessarily look at the trade and be like, Hey, we think they won. But at the same time, they've shown that they can uh, build a team around John Morant. Uh, regardless is it if you noticed it or not, you notice it now. Um, I'll say this um, before I kind of get into my points here. You know how fun it would have been to see Steph Curry against the best shooter in the league against the best shooting three-point shooting team in the league. Don't, I don't remind really, me about it. Don't, that don't remind really, me about it. That, that would have been really fun. But at the don't same time, that. you do get the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> to be honest, I, I – 
I probably wouldn't have picked the Warriors, but I maybe would have picked this series to go six or seven um, if that would have happened. Yeah, I, I don't – I'm not sure if I would go that far, but maybe six. Um, as far as the Memphis Grizzlies go, the good news is is that I don't believe they're a prime – let me check something real quick. Um, give me a second. I don't believe they're a – yeah, they're not really a uh, – they're in like the late 20s as far as – um, three pointers um, go. They're not really a three point shooting team um, by any means. Twenty two, twenty three, um, and so the good news is is that uh, they're twenty third in in three point attempts. The Jazz allow the least three pointers in the entire league, so uh, you don't really have to worry about um, getting your uh, threes up. Now again, you do have to worry about the fact that Utah is going to pull from deep. Um, and so maybe you do want to shoot threes, but specifically for John Morant, um, yesterday they were playing, or really they made the adjustment, or he made the adjustment of being able to just knock down wide open threes. They were sagging off of him a lot, um, as they were the last time they played. Um, but the good news is now you have to kind of just execute against your strength of your John Morant and the Grizzlies. You have to get in the paint. Now that's saying a lot considering you have arguably the defensive player of the year, uh, which in which, in my opinion, I think it's going to be Rudy Gobert. You have that guy guarding the rim. So it's going to be very hard to do that. Um, and I think Memphis will put up a good fight. Um, some of their games were close. Um, they did lose the season series. I think they got swept in terms of the season series. Um, I, I do think the games will be closer than you think. Um, but I, I think that weight, uh, Utah is way too deep. and. Um, yeah, I, I think that they just have way more firepower, a lot more experience um, as far as their head coach from top to bottom. And I, I do think that they'll, they'll end up sweeping the Memphis Grizzlies. But look, I mean, you have Mike Conley going up against his former team. So I guess that's not much of a storyline compared to Steph against them. I will remind you again, Ryan, but, uh, you know, just proceed with what uh, your pick is. Yeah, Um I have uh, Jazz in five, um, but I'll say this. I think that the Grizzlies steal game one or two. I, I think that, and I think it would be good for this Jazz team, even though they don't want to lose, I think it would be good to face some adversity um, early because that next round is going to be tough for them. And I, w- I would love to see how they respond to that. Um, so I, I think that this Grizzlies team is coming in very confident. Uh, they feel like they can beat anyone. And that's why I think they steal game one or game two. Obviously, the Jazz coming back, getting healthy. Uh, they haven't been healthy in a few weeks with Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell banged up and, you know, their guys getting banged up. Uh, so I, I think that, like I said, Grizzlies can steal a game. Um, but then after that, I think either the, the Jazz win four straight if it's game one or they win three straight if it's game two. Um, and I think for the Jazz, like I said, for the Nets and like I said, for the Sixers, it's just kind of a warm-up series for that next round, um, getting things right, and especially for the Jazz, who you know have playoff experience, but at the same time, they have the best record in the league. They have a lot of expectations on their on their shoulders. Uh, how can they handle that? Um, are we going to see Donovan Mitchell that we saw last year in the playoffs, where you know just going for fifty and going for 40-50 a game? Rudy Gobert, his presence at the rim, uh, 
I guess I, I picked Bam for Defensive Player of the Year, um, even though I kind of knew he wasn't going to win. But now that he's not even in the conversation because he's not a finalist, I think I'll have to go through Rudy Gobert will be Defensive Player of the Year. So will he step up? And then you have, you know, their six-mans, uh, Joe Ing- uh, who is it? Joe Ingles and... Clarkson. Oh, missing. Jordan Clarkson, you're right. Um, both of them... Um, you know, what do they give you? Obviously, we talked about Jordan Clarkson last episode because we uh, were talking about him as the sixth man of the year. And can he be Can he be more consistent? Obviously, he, he's been really consistent this season, but there's been stretches where, you know, he there's lulls in his game. Um, I think, you know, just getting him confident going into that second-round series uh, and just, like I said, rounding this team up because uh, – the Grizzlies are a scary team if you don't take them seriously, but if they do take them seriously, I think they can handle them uh, pretty handily and, and move on to the next series. Um, let's go on to that. I mentioned them a couple times when we were discussing the Jazz and the Grizzlies. Uh, that 4-5 matchup, a rematch of last year's first round um, playoffs, and that's the Mavs and the Clippers. Uh, obviously, a lot on the line for the Clippers. Talk about pressure after last year's major disappointment. And then you have the Mavs, who, you know, Luka... Uh, after a slow start to the season, they kind of gained their form, got the five seed, um, won't have home court advantage in this series. But last year, they seemed to push the um, the Clippers as a seven seed. So this year, they're a five seed. What what do the Clippers have to do in this series to show you, hey, they're, they're pretty serious in terms of championship contention um, going forward? Because I think this series can set the tone for them uh, throughout the playoffs. You want me to be brutally honest with you? Go for it. I think they need to sweep them because you wanted this matchup if you're the L.A. Clippers. Like, you literally played and, and manipulated <laughs> or whatever you want to say with yeah. the seedings to get, this, to, get this, uh, to get this matchup. Am I right or not? No, you're, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, they, they really didn't want to play the Lakers in the second round of the playoffs, uh, what it seemed like. But who knows? You know, we're we're only speculating, but it really seemed like they manipulated the stand. They're one of the few. They're, I think, one of the only teams to manipulate the standings this year. Normally, it's a, a little more, but they're one of the only teams that manipulated uh, who they want to play. Yeah. So, I, I, in my opinion, to and again, I, I to be honest, I think it's the the opposite. I think the Lakers kind of manipulated the standings. Now, again, I, I don't think it was. Uh, you know, again, did they want to be in the play-in? I mean, yes and no, because they were resting uh, players. I'm kind of getting off topic. But they were kind of resting uh, LeBron and not really taking it to, uh, uh, you know, not really wanting it to, for him to, to kind of test that ankle just yet. Um, but I am getting off track. So let me, let me refocus on this uh, Clippers-Mavs uh, series. Rematch from last year, as you mentioned. Uh, I think I took... Clippers in six. Yeah, I took Clippers in six. Um, and I do think that uh, they don't sweep them. I, I think it's uh, a series in which I think Dallas is going to shock them um, in some of these games. I think um, having Kristaps Porzingis, you, you're expecting to have him the length of the series, unlike last year, um, where he was hurt early on or hurt later on where they didn't have him. Um but Luca showed last year in that series that uh, he's that dude. Um, he's going to draw a lot of defensive attention. Um, you expect one of, of course, the 
uh, premier defenders on uh, the Clippers in uh, in either Pat Bev, you have uh, Kawhi, uh, PG. I'd be interested to see how they guard him. Um, but then again, I, I do think that um, I don't know. The, the Mavs kind of stayed relatively the same in terms of uh, the type of personnel that they have on their team. I mean, I mean, just looking at their rotation, I think like the only guy that's getting like a significant amount of minutes that's different is Josh Richardson instead of Seth Curry. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I think that's really like the only type of move they made. So um, they're kind of staying with relatively the same team. Um, and I think that, like I said, Luca's going to draw a lot of attention. Um, I do think that uh, the Clippers need to establish their, their presence early. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it's really going to show what type of team they are in this, in this game or in this series, because, uh, like I said, they wanted this matchup. So now you have to go out there and perform. Uh, I think you have to see, and, and I think I'm going to be paying attention to, again, I think these games will be close. I think a lot of the series will be, will be close this year. Um, but specifically in this one, I think the games will be close. So I want to see how the Clippers react, um, in, um, in, uh, in, in games that really, really come down to the wire. I want to see how, um, as far as like defensively and offensively, how they're able to react, because that will kind of foreshadow. Um, and I'm not saying you can't make adjustments, but that will be a big key in this one. Uh, and again, I, I do think that there's not too much to say as far as like, I haven't really been bringing up like personnel too much uh, throughout these series. I'm just kind of making general points. Um, I will say the one matchup I am looking forward to uh regardless of whether or not they guard each other, I'm not sure, um, but it might come down to it as Jalen Brunson and Raj, uh, Rajon Rondo, because Jalen Brunson uh, has been a candidate for six man of the year. Uh, he's uh, taken off pressure. A lot of these guys has ta have taken pressure off of Luka throughout the, the playoffs, and especially recently they've been on a roll. Um, but Jalen Brunson's a guy that I'm looking for as a primary ball handler, as a guy that uh, can take pressure off of Luka, and then you have Rajon Rondo, who's had championship experience just last year. Uh, and again, they're going to need his three-point shooting. They're going to need his playmaking um, and his IQ in these, in these, especially in these situations where, you know, there's no better guy than Rajon Rondo who's been through it multiple times. So that's kind of what I'm looking for in the series. So you have Clippers in six. Yeah, I have Clippers in six. Okay. Um, I have Clippers in seven. I think it goes the distance. Um, I will say that this series, I think Paul George, um, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Paul George. I think he gets a lot of criticism. Um, some of it rightly deserved, some of it wrongly deserved. Um, I think for him, he can prove, obviously it's only round one, but he can really uh, shut up a lot of people if he has a big series. And I'm kind of expecting a big series from him. Kawhi, you kind of know what you're going to get, even though he... Uh, fold, uh, folded um, in last year's what was in game seven where they blew the 3-1 lead to Denver um, I think though that I would not be surprised if uh, the Mavericks come in and can take this series in six or seven um, I think and if and if that happens I see a path where they could beat the Jazz and all of a sudden find themselves in the Western Conference Finals 
um, facing is it the Suns or the Lakers, the trouble, you know, whoever on the other side of the bracket. Um, but I, I could really see that happening. Um, if they could get past this Clippers team, um, I don't think that happens. I think Rondo is a huge factor. You saw it last year at the Lakers where he can settle this team down when they're, you know, when they get flustered and can't generate offense or just kind of go into ISO ball. He, you know, he's like a coach on the court, um, facil- facilitate offense, even on defense, even though himself, he's not a spectacular defender, just knowing the plays of the other team. I mean, it's just amazing his IQ of the game. Um, defensively, obviously you have Paul George, you have Kawhi, you have all these guys, um, on your team, uh, Serge Ibaka, um, and Mark Marcus Morris, uh, how how will that affect um, this series? I think defensively, how they play Luca. Luca's always going to have either Kawhi or Paul George on him. How you know how can he make his shots? And also, how will the others on the Mavericks um, come up big? You mentioned Josh Richardson, who's had an up and down season. Tim Hardaway Jr., who I think is up for a big payday this offseason, and he's had a fantastic season, uh, averaging six point sixteen points in a game, almost seventeen shooting uh really really well from the field 40 percent or 39 percent and 44 percent 39 percent from three 44 percent overall um Jalen Brunson who's had a, a a really really good season um so I, th- I think for the Mavericks that's the key and then I, I met you know the Clippers I think it comes down to Kawhi and Paul George but then also I think um Rajon Rondo what he does off the bench and you know obviously that second unit but I think late in games he'll be in that you know final five um, players on the floor come crunch time and how he can facilitate and make sure that this Clippers team doesn't let the pressure get to them. Um, so I'm going Clippers in seven. Let's move on now to almost another pick em series. Um, like in the Eastern Conference, that Knicks-Hawks series in the Western Conference, it's the Nuggets and the Trailblazers, a 3-6 matchup. Um, you obviously have Damon CJ in Portland, uh, a team that you know, we who did we uh, we mentioned the Celtics earlier, a team in Portland where we could see a lot of different things if things you know if they can't make a playoff run this year. Um, they've been together for a while now. They have their coach Terry Stotts could be going out the door. Um, who do you have in this series? And then what do the Trailblazers need to do? Um, who is the X factor in that team that can help them win this series? Yeah. Um, I think that's a very good question because um, I think, oof, yeah, that's 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 tough. I would probably have to venture to say probably Nurkic because, like, Damian Lillard is going to have. I mean, we know the guards in this league. You can't really play with too many guards. Damian Lillard's one of them because this is a guy that can pull up from half court, the guy that can take you off the dribble. I mean, he, he has so many, uh, he's a very multifaceted player that, I mean, in terms of offense that, I mean, it's, it's tough to stop a guy like that, that you're going to have to focus all your defensive attention, including a guy like Nikola Jokic is going to have to, um, you know, step up in situations. And I think Nurkic will benefit off of that. Um, and I think he's going to have to, have a big series. He's been injured um, in previous playoffs. Um, and I think that, or no, he wasn't injured last season, but 
um, as far as like in the playoffs. But I do think that he's going to have to have a big impact here. Um, he's going to have to be, he's going to have to show the MVP who's boss pretty much. And I think that uh, having big rebound games, being a guy that's, that's a threat in the paint, I think he's going to have to be that guy um, because you're going to have to neutralize Jokic to a degree. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I am going to take Blazers in six just because of instinct. I just think there's not going to be a whole lot to stop Damian Lillard. I think he's going to have big game after big game here in this series. Uh, I'm not saying that Jokic can't do the same, but I just feel like Damian Lillard will propel the Blazers um, to win most of these games. Um, the Blazers are surprisingly, I mean, I didn't even really notice this. They're one of the top teams in the league in three, uh, in three pointing, uh, in three point shooting. Uh, I think they're like second right behind the jazz. So this is another team that likes to space the floor. Um, they have guys that, uh, can shoot, can shoot the hell out of the ball. They have Norman Powell that they just picked up. Um, they have so many different pieces. Mello that has championship ex- ex- or not championship, but, um, veteran playoff experience. Um, they have Robert Covington, who's been in these situations, a guy that was um, picked up from Houston, which, again, we know the, the playoff experiences that guys from Houston have. Um, and I just think that um, I, I just don't know if, like, the MVP has enough around his team uh, to get the job done and, and – uh, and win four games out of out of seven. I, I just don't think it, it, that happens, and I think the the Blazers win four out of six. Yeah, um, I I do have the the Nuggets. I have them in seven, and I think that home court again helps. I I, I really think as fans and we see teams bulking up, who you know fans in the building uh, for playoff time. I think it's going to have a huge difference. Um, this Nuggets team has been playing out of their mind. A lot of people, we, we mentioned it the last episode when we talked about Jokic for the MVP. Um, everyone thought, you know, when, when Jamal Murray went out, well, what is it now, about a month ago, a little over, um, that this team was kind of done, and they've actually done the opposite. They've gotten better and better. Jokic is just, I mean, I think it's kind of, I would guess he's the MVP. I don't know how he wouldn't be um, with the numbers he put up. Um, I think for this series, though, to me, Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon are the X factors um, for Denver. I think Michael Porter Jr., if he can continue to um, rise to that um, star-type level that I think he can get to. And then Aaron Gordon, who they picked up at the trade deadline, has been pretty decent. I think you need a little more out of him offensively, um, only averaging 10 points. I think he needs to get up to that 13 to 15 point per game range in the playoffs. Um, to help uh, Jokic out and Porter out. Obviously, you also have Will Barton, um, Monte Morris, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, uh, Austin Rivers, who they just acquired, um, guys like that um, coming off the bench. Not all of them, but you understand what I'm saying, uh, Rivers and Millsap and guys like that coming off the bench. But um, for De- for the Trailblazers, though, even though I don't think they win this series, I think they have a good shot. I think um, Norman Powell is an X-factor for them. Robert Covington, um, and then you, you mentioned it, the defensive uh, liabilities on Jokic and how can Nurk- Nurkic match up um, with him, I think is going to be huge because 
if you're able to contain Jokic, which I don't think is possible, then you contain the Nuggets, and that's how you win the series. Um, I think that is a huge, huge thing. I think Damon CJ, you know what you're going to get out of them, but it's the rest of the guys. What are you getting out of them um, that's going to help you? And that's basically where uh, I am in this series. Um, so I have Nuggets in seven. And to round out the first round, probably the most intriguing playoff matchup we've had uh, in a first round in a while. Suns and Lakers. Uh, Lakers, obviously, the seventh seed. They won their first playing tournament, uh, playing game tournament versus the Warriors in a thriller. You have the Suns, who have shocked kind of the NBA and are two seed. Um, LeBron, I actually, right before this podcast, I thought LeBron would be out for some of the series due to health and safety protocols. They cleared him, so he's playing. Um, the Lakers kind of getting back healthy, even though they don't seem 100% yet. I, I know your pick, and I'm just going to let you go without any, any questions. I'm just, I, I want to understand why you have the pick that you do and the short amount. I'm kind of spoiling it. The short series that you do. Yeah, I have Lakers in five. I give the Suns one game um, because, listen, I, I do understand. You're out of your the, mind. But I, I do understand the durability a- aspect um, of it um, as far as the Lakers go. Um, trying to work guys back in the mix. But once again, we're talking about top two greatest player of all time, LeBron James. That's what we're talking about here. Now, again, I understand they have CP3. I get it. Outside of that, though, who the hell do they have that has had playoff experience? They haven't made the playoffs in in a decade. Again, you're going to have to rely on Devin Booker to give you buckets down the stretch. Playoff, The playoffs, when they slow down and you're being asked to make a, a big shot or multiple big shots, that's a different story. I think the Lakers have those guys. I'm not sure about the Suns, whether they have um, the defensive reps necessary to contain Anthony Davis. I mean, that's a huge question mark. You have Jay Crowder, who, honestly, I don't believe in stopping him that much, even though he was on the Heat last season and we loved him. I don't really have that much faith in him or DeAndre Aiden to contain Anthony Davis. That's if he's aggressive. I think that's more of a mentality thing with Anthony Davis. But if he's aggressive, I mean, this series is over just like that. I mean, again, you have the durability aspect. I understand. But once again, I think the Suns will steal game one. I do think that because LeBron usually likes to feel out the series. Um, But he's made big shots. I mean, he has the resume to prove it, but we've also seen, I don't know if you remember this, Ryan, where he cramped up and came in and, and made a big shot against the Thunder. Um, he had another shot like that against the Warriors the other night. So he's a guy that can make big shots. I don't know about outside of CP3, a guy that can make a big shot. I know Anthony Davis can make a big shot. I'm not sure if I have those type that type of confidence in this Suns team and the, their lack of experience. Um, I'm not sure if I can put that confidence in them. I think they're a year away. Um, and I do think that, once again, I, I think that it's too good to be true the path that the Lakers have to, to get to the championship this year. Um, again, it's, it's, I think it's a walk in the park for them um, compared to some of these other contenders. So, once again, I, th- I think I have the Lakers in, these, in this situation, uh, in this series. 
and I don't think there's much debate to him. I'm going the opposite. It seems like a lot of people are picking the Lakers. Um, I'm going Suns in six. I think in order for them to win this series, they cannot, even though they have home court advantage, they can't let it go seven just because, like you said, experience. Um, you have a Lakers team that's pretty experienced with LeBron. Uh, I mean, it kind of stops out. Not experience-wide, but I'm just saying, like, LeBron, you don't want to let it go seven um, and let him get to game seven and then let him just take over the game. So I think they need to steal one, at least one in L.A. in order to let this go six. Um I think um, obviously they would have to steal one in LA if they're it's, if it's going six because even game six is in LA so one or two who knows um, for me I, I think that it's going to come down to how Frank Vogel if the Lakers want to win the series adjust his rotations we saw it the other night when they played the Warriors he finally you know went away from uh, Andre Drummond um and who was the other they went away from andre drummond and contavious carl pope and he went to and harrell also but he went but my main point is this he went to wesley matthews for defensive purposes and it pr- came up big um that lineup where anthony davis is at the five you saw on last year's playoffs is just it seems unstoppable even though they do have Aiton. Uh, i don't know how mobile Aiton can be when anthony davis is on the perimeter um, you have Jay Crowder as well, who obviously has experience against Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Obviously, played him in the finals last year when he was with the Heat. Um, for the Suns, it's like I agree with a lot of the points you're saying. I just think that the job Chris Paul has done, I think this team is ready. Um, it's going to be a huge test. They're going to have to roll with the punches because, to be honest, I, I see it going 1 1 back to LA. And I think a lot of people will be like, oh, Lakers, you know, they're going to get these, you know, I can see how you see Lakers in five. Um, I see it in terms of if it goes one, you know, I think the Lakers can steal game two in Phoenix and it keeps splitting until the game five and game six, I think the Suns take. So that's how I get my um, Suns in six. It's this Lakers team. It's just, I, I don't know how healthy LeBron is, even if he's at 70%, whatever it is, he's better than most. He's still one of the top in the league at 70%. You saw it the other night. He still can put up 25, 8, and 8. Um, but I think it's the other Laker players, how well they can play, and I don't know how well they can play. Um, you have Andre Drummond. Everyone made him seem, and we talked about this um, many times, everyone made him seem like the second coming of Shaq when he came on the Lakers. You're going to see why he was released from two teams that were not good, that just didn't want him because he just wasn't playing well for them. And you're even seeing that at times with the Lakers where it's just like all of a sudden he has, you know, they'll give him the ball in the post and he just tries to go to work and can't do much and either turn the ball over or can't uh, make a shot. Um, You have uh, Alex Crusoe, I think, is going to be a big part of the series defensively. Um, And I think it's a three-point shooting for the Lakers. Lakers. Can KCP come up big like he did in parts of last year's playoffs, stuff like that. But in the end, I think Chris Paul... Um, Devin Booker you know I think you know what you're going to get out of them even though Devin Booker doesn't have the experience he's still a star player and or yeah star he's not a superstar yet he's a star player uh, higher than all-star caliber even though he's only made one all-star game but I think for me Jay Crowder I think is going to be huge in this series Um, you saw it on last year's playoffs with the Heat he's he made timely threes defensively no matter if he's on Anthony Davis LeBron um, or even if he's just helped defense, which I don't think he will be. I think he'll be on a, uh, you know, primarily on LeBron or AD. Um, 
even if he can stop one or two possessions where he can't stop the rest of the game, but that that one or two possessions that can make a difference in the game. Every game is going to be close in this series. I feel like, like you said, game one, I think um, I don't want to overreact to um, if the Suns win, just because the Lakers like to feel, like you said, LeBron likes to feel his way into the series, but coaching is also going to be huge in this series. And how, like I said, Frank Frank Vogel, um, manages his rotations, and then how Monty Williams, who's done a phenomenal job and is up for Coach of the Year, uh, manages his rotations um, is going to be huge. And um, I'm excited to see Chris Paul and LeBron go at it. Obviously, big friend, uh, good friends with each other. And um, LeBron, you know, it'll be interesting. That's what I'll say. Um, I, I still have pretty good confidence that the Suns can get it done. They've had a phenomenal season. I think they have a lot of confidence. Um, obviously, you know you get the second seed in the West and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we're going to face the defending champions. That doesn't normally happen in a first round series. And for the Lakers, I think there's a lot of question marks, um, just health wise, how healthy, you know, Anthony Davis, it seems like, you know, he can just roll his ankle and all of a sudden the series changes. So stuff like that, LeBron, I don't know how healthy his ankle is. Um, so I think a lot of question marks on the Lakers side and I think the Suns can get it done. Um, yeah. Yeah, as far as your points, again, I think that the Suns are a year away. Um, I don't – once again, I, I think that – I mean, Chris Paul's team last year, um, I mean, we thought they were going to be – which kind of, I guess, sides to your point. We kind of thought they were going to be uh, a team that was going to be a lottery team. And you have the Chris Paul effect in which – they get a middle of the pack C, go up against the Rockets, take them to seven. And so, I mean, I can see the Chris Paul point, but also I just feel like the the Lakers are going to be a team where it's it does not matter um, about injury this, struggle this, struggle that. It doesn't matter. When it comes time, they're the more experienced team. They have guys that have been through these situations. Meanwhile, the Suns just don't outside of Chris Paul. Um, and again, you got to love Chris Paul's voice, um, but that's the only singular voice I see. If you want to put in Jay Crowder, you can, but I mean, the Lakers just have much more guys that have been through it. So that's how I view this series. But yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I think this series for both of us has an effect on our finals picks. Um, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first in our finals picks and who wins it all? Uh, you can go first. Okay. Um, so <laughs> this was tough. I think this is the fr- this is one of the first years in a while where it's like you don't. Re- I mean, there's a whole bunch of teams and you see paths. For instance, I mean, I can see a path for the Bucks. I can see a path for the Nets, uh, even for the Jazz and the Suns uh, to get to the finals. Um, you see outsiders uh, like Denver and Dallas and the Heat. Uh, and I, mean, I can keep going on and on and how they can make it to the finals. I have the Sixers and the Clippers and the Clippers winning in six. Um, I think they finally get it done. Um, I think they're determined. I think, like I said, Rondo is going to be that effect. Um, people, I think, kind of realized it last year in the bubble with the Lakers, the effect he has playoff Rondo, even though I know he doesn't like being called that. Um, is different. He affects the game in ways that are, I mean, just it's 
not even describable what he does. If you know, if you've watched enough basketball, you just kind of realize how he takes over the game. Um, like I mentioned earlier when we talked about the Clippers series. So I, th- I think the Clippers get it done. I think that um, for the Sixers, them getting to the finals is a huge accomplishment. Um, I think that you could even pick the Sixers in the series because of Joel Embiid and who does uh, uh, L.A. have to guard him. But I think um, Kawhi and Paul George just, I think Paul George, like I said, I, I'm expecting a huge playoff from Paul George. I think he's uh, out to just, prove everyone wrong because um, he's just everyone just is hating on him for I don't know what you know I understand the reason but it's just like it seems that, like there's a lot of hate on him so um, yeah I'm, I'll keep it brief and short I'm, I'm going uh, Clippers and six in that in that series because uh, I, I don't think that they could win in seven games obviously with Philly would have the home court advantage yeah for my um picks I'm gonna take uh, I've uh, let's see here. Yeah, I have uh, Lakers and Nets in the uh, in the finals, and I have Nets in six. This was very tough for me because if you guys have listened to um, previous episodes, you know that I was r- riding with Lakers from from day one. Um, I thought that they proved a lot of people. Uh, again, there were implications with the bubble. There was. This, this, and that, but everyone had the same level playing field. They were able to get the job done, uh, and again, they they didn't really have too much trouble in doing so. Um, outside of maybe if you want to take the heat and say, "Look, I mean," uh, but again, they didn't have two of their best players in Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo. Um, but regardless, I think this was a very tough decision for me. Like I like I just said, um, because of my previous pick and riding with the Lakers throughout this season but honestly the struggles that they had uh, strictly in the past two months have really switched um, my perspective on things and I do think that I can't go against them in the first round I definitely can't go against them in the second round because you're taking the winner of the Nuggets and and Blazers um, and I, I think that that should be a steamroll for them. Um, and then you get to the conference finals. I think they'll be tested by the Clippers or the Jazz. Um, one of those two teams, uh, I think the Clippers will eventually make it there. But they'll be battle-tested there. Whereas the Nets, on the other side, I don't think it's going to be that much of a... I mean, I do think that they'll have... They'll be more tested in later uh, in earlier rounds. But later rounds, I don't think that... For example, if they get the Sixers, I don't think it's that much of a of a challenge for them. Uh, I don't know if that sounds crazy or not, but I, I just think that later on they'll be more rested than the Lakers are. Also provided is the fact that Steve Nash is a first-time head coach, has done a hell of a job, um, and we've seen, regardless of who's in or out of the lineup, uh, we've seen the Nets be able to thrive still and remain a top seed in the East without the likes of Kevin Durant one game, two games, three games, Kyrie Irving being out for a personal reason in an extended period of time, uh, James Harden not being there. Whoever may be in and out of the lineup, uh, stars or not, you've seen this Nets team thrive, and I think that type of continuity, along with the fact that I think they'll be more well-rested, 
I, I just think that regardless of the chemistry issues, once again, I think you have three of the most prolific scorers in NBA history. Um, that's enough to take down a, a Lakers team that, that I just think it comes down to the fact that uh, with these injuries and going up against the Clippers in the conference finals, I think that that series goes to seven. That's what ultimately, um, and I'm not saying it's, it's going to be just a walk in the park for the Nets in the finals, but that for me just kind of pushes them uh, and gives them uh, some sort of slight edge in this series. So I have to go Nets in six, but uh, once again, I'm not really good at these predictions, um, these type of playoff predictions, even my playing predictions, we go back and I mean, I was one for four, so uh, I wouldn't take my word. I mean, again, I think I'm pretty credible, but uh, with predictions, I'm not sure if I'm that credible. So, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my my opinion on on the finals. So, yeah, uh, I guess I'll do it real quick on your on your predictions. The Nets, I think uh, James Harden. I think we've seen, and the record shows that when James Harden is in the lineup, no matter who else is in the lineup, there. A really good team, um, and I think that you you need a you, you kind of they need that they need James Harden. Uh, without James Harden, I think they're kind of in trouble. Even though they still have Katie and Kyrie, um, so I guess I I don't think I think they get uh, bounced in the Eastern Conference Finals um, by the Sixers, obviously because I have them going to the finals. But uh, we'll see. Um, we'll continue each week throughout the playoffs. Uh, our next podcast will basically each team will be have played each series will be like game three or four. So we'll have storylines, uh, cover everything, injuries, anything that happens. Um, where can they find us on social media, Jake? Cause we're going to be posting our predictions on there. I know our playing predictions got a lot of love. So I'm going to post these predictions as well. I made a graphic already that it's already up or it's going to be up by the time you're listening to this podcast, where can they find that? And, uh, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, you guys can find uh, more content on our Instagram at underscore on the league underscore. And then our TikTok is our other social media platform uh, at ATL podcast. Uh, and that's pretty much all all we have for social medias at this time. Um, so you guys can go check out um, the playoff content that, we, that we'll be posting on there. I think it's going to be a very exciting uh, playoff that, I mean, it's anyone's game, right? So um at least in my opinion so um there's those those social medias and then as far as uh where we're going to be uh uploading these these playoff pods uh spotify apple pods and the anchor app so make sure you guys check us out uh weekly and by the time we record our next podcast we'll be uh in the midst of uh these first round playoffs that's for sure peace out guys and uh Good luck if your team is in the playoff. Peace. Peace.